is with you. Let us pray. God of unexpected judgment, finding grace in the devious and compromised, free us from the certainty of having you in our grip, that a better wealth may flow through our open hands. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was a kid in the 80s, there was a popular riddle that went all over the country. It went like this. A father and his son were in a bad car accident. They were taken away in ambulances to separate hospitals. And when the boy was taken into surgery, the surgeon looked down at him and said, I cannot operate on this boy. He is my son. How is that possible? I heard that riddle in 1986, and I remember it puzzling the smartest adults I knew. These days, there are myriad logical answers to the question. But back then, it stumped nearly everyone. There was only one culturally accepted answer. The surgeon was the boy's mother. But that answer was so eclipsed by patriarchy that ne nearly everyone couldn't fathom it. It was outside of our realm of understanding. Today, Jesus tells us a parable that is outside of our realm of understanding. For most of us, this parable makes no sense. The manager isn't nice, he isn't compassionate, he isn't good. He is about to be fired for incompetency. So he acts in his own self-interest. He lowers the debts of people who might help him later. And for that, he is commended by the same boss who was firing him. This story makes no sense. It makes no sense to us. We who are embedded in capitalism, we who are part of a culture that values business acumen and wealth as the highest virtues aside from fame. Most of us don't even realize how deeply embedded in this money slaving we are. This week, my boys had their school pictures. They all got dressed up and looked great. And I remember doing that. I remember in the second grade, the same year that I heard the surgeon riddle, I combed my hair and looked proudly in the camera. And I remember feeling in my pocket business cards. They were my business cards. <laughs> all they had on them was my name. But they felt important. It felt nice to be part of something like that, part of the, uh, the business world. This is the 1980s, and it was assumed that you could and should buy and sell 
anything. That legacy has left a scar on our culture. Today, 70% of the total wealth in the United States is owned by the top 10% of the population. Meanwhile, the lowest 50% of the population has only 2.8% of the total wealth. That's a bit of what's happening in Amos. This is Amos the prophet, not Amos my son. But Amos says, quoting others, that they shall make the ephah small and the shekel great. In other words, make money however you can, even if it means throwing off the balance of scales of justice. This is the exact opposite of the passage from Luke. In Luke, Jesus is saying to make connections and show mercy however you can. That notion was and is countercultural. It goes against the flow. Daniel Sherrill, author of Warmth, Coming of Age at the End of Our World, says that religion is one of the last boulders sticking up in the roaring torrent of capitalism. This week, Jesus makes it clear You cannot serve both God and wealth. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. If you serve money, you will never understand how it could be good to give away money for the sake of relationships. If you serve God, you will not care about money being wasted. You will only care about love fostered, relationships nourished, and relief of stress, of which we all have plenty. As Wilco sings, our love is God's money. Like traveling to a different country, living in God's kingdom requires a change in currency. This summer, we were visiting Mary Beth's parents in Indiana, and um, my boys found a box of coins in Mary Beth's childhood room. They had lots of francs, the French currency that were left over from her study abroad program back then. Now, now those coins, though pretty, are basically useless as money. They're not entirely useless. You can go to www.leftovercurrency.com and get 3% on every every coin of those old coins. Similarly, money is almost meaningless in the kingdom of God. I say almost because you can use your money to show mercy. You can use wealth to help people in need. If money can be used to make a love-spreading difference, then it has some value in God's country. A few days ago, Patagonia founder Yvonne Chouinard made headlines by giving away the $3 billion company he started and led for decades. Chenard could have sold the company or taken it public and made several billion dollars on top of the wealth he already had, but he did not. Instead, he transferred ownership 
to a specially designed trust and nonprofit organization. The trust and nonprofit will receive 100% of the company's profits, some $100 million a year, all of which will be used to combat climate change and protect undeveloped land around the globe. Because the Chenards donated their shares to a trust, the family will pay $17.5 million in taxes on the gift. In other words, instead of getting billions of dollars by selling the company, the family chose to pay $17.5 million in taxes. All for the sake of making a love-spreading difference in, in protecting the planet. It makes no sense. It makes no sense unless it does. In the kingdom of God, we are all billionaires. We have everything we need. God's currency is always with us. How will we use it? Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.